Insert gay card. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. I'm gay. You can't love yourself. How in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Gay card revoked. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Gay Card Revoked. I'm Rob Schneider. I'm Robbie Roselle. And we are so happy that you are joining us today to discuss an episode of television that is so iconic and so memorable and so important for us. We are excited to explore today with actually someone who was on the show, and we're going to introduce him in a hot second. But in the meantime, we just want to do a couple little pieces of information. Hey, Robbie, what happened last week? Something dropped last week. Uh, Perhaps you listened to the episode last week, and you already know that my debut live album, Songs from Inside My Locker, came out and hit number five in the Amazon Miscellaneous chart. I don't like to brag. (laughs) Amazon Miscellaneous. I (laughs) love that. It was like between Burl Ives and the Final (laughs) Fantasy VII soundtrack. I don't understand. I I bought three of those last week. Burl Ives. Huge Burl Ives fan here. (laughs) (laughs) So make sure, and Robbie, where can we get your album? It's available digitally everywhere. Truly everywhere. You can go to YouTube and listen to the whole thing. That's fantastic. Songs from inside my locker and it's fantastic yeah, one critic called it the uh the gold standard of cabaret recording oh that was you yeah that was me that was yeah. me i wear many hats and thank you for the 20 dollars you slipped me to make sure <laughs> that you've been moving hey also also some exciting news paul ruddy who was our guest very early on with our designing women episode he mm-hmm. just won the emmy award for his casting, for casting of yeah for east siders he was nominated Good. and just won the emmy award well, so congratulations belly on there so <laughs> So congratulations to Paul. Hey, Robbie, where can I see today's episode? Uh, So the puppy episode, which is what we're talking about uh, from Ellen, season four, uh, it's available uh, on iTunes for 99. It's a two-parter, so you're going to pay $1.99. But, but uh, worth it, worth it. Oh my God, it's so worth it. It's one, truly one of the best uh, pieces of sitcom writing and it holds up now some almost 20 years later, maybe more than 20 years later. That's wild. So yeah, you can watch it on iTunes. It's probably also on YouTube, but you know, throw them some shekels. They throw deserve them. it. <laughs> throw a shekel. And don't forget folks, you're also going to have a podcast drink to go along with us today. A themed drink. Hey Robbie, what's that themed drink? I. A theme drink is a drink with a theme. <laughs> no, and, and specifically uh, our theme drink. It's called the lesbian ice. Here's here's the thing, folks. Uh, Rob throws us these uh, our outline and drinks uh, about an hour before we begin recording. I'm listening. I'm sorry. I'm cataloging my Burl Lives collection. And what I'm obsessed with is that he'll be like, "Yeah, it's just some absinthe and a little green tea." Like I have that sitting around. Do you? Uh, so no, I'm drinking oh. a sensible rosé this afternoon. Oh, you uh, uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm a giver. Well, it's pink. <laughs> That's great. It's well, a great for, fruit rosé. For but, those of you that do have absinthe, what, what's the recipe? It's the lesbian iced tea, a drink of all lesbians. That's wild. I don't know what kind of Googling you do. What is that's, your Google search No, that's like? from the episode. That's from the episode. It is. She goes to the coffee house. She says, what yeah. do you, our guest will back me up in a second. I'm and she goes, what do that. you people drink? And she goes, we drink iced tea. So that's why it's the lesbian iced tea. <laughs> Patrick's going to back me up in a second. So, Great. But continue on. What do we it's put in this? It's a quarter lesbian? ounce of absinthe per no, approximately. It's one ounce of Irish whiskey, Jameson, four ounces of green tea, sweetened and chilled, and you garnish with a lime slice. That's, that's perfect. And if you don't have absinthe, store Bart will do, to quote Martha Stewart. 
So we'll now, be fine. That's Anna Garten. How dare you? That's, that's Anna Garten. Are you even gay? No, I'm not. I just, I just need some publicity, this man. This is the podcast. <laughs> but hey, can we bring on our guest? Could we please? Because I'm tired of talking to you. I, you know what? We have been. We are so excited, folks. We are going to. Do you want to introduce him, Robbie? Because I know how I much you love this man. Please. Okay. Yes. So, truly, talk about my like Patronus. If I waved a wand, he's what would come out. He was on obviously uh, Ellen. He, he, you know him from Austin Powers, International Spy, Man of Mystery, uh, Friends, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, so much more. And I have watched him yell thrust it more times than I care to admit. I'm so thrilled to welcome Patrick Bristow to the podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you. What a lovely introduction. Uh, I love we are you so much. Th- yes, thank you. Thank yeah. you for joining us. We I was are scared so excited. for a moment when you were listing some of my credits that you weren't going to say showgirls. And I was like, um, really upset for a moment. No. <laughs> Save the best for last. You're right. Honestly. Yeah, okay. I should have I known that. Thrust it. I've watched yeah, you scream thrust it at Elizabeth Berkeley's crotch hundreds of times. <laughs> I think we shot that hundreds of times, actually. We did so many takes of it. I, by the time I was done, I think I just was like exhausted. So that must have been one of the earlier ones because I still had a little, a little bit of verve. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that whole thing was so crazy because um, when I auditioned for the part, and I, I'd read the script, and the, and the script I read was better than the shooting draft. Oh, wow. Um, sure. Yeah. It was, it was, they made it worse. Um, <laughs> but um, I was just leaning up against the back of the wall of the office, and, like I'd be watching over a group of dancers and just going, and thrust it, thrust it, thrust it. Stay on the beat. All right, we're done. Like, you know, it was like that, right? Yeah. I was very proud because I was so subtle, you know, because I just did all, all my sitcom crazy acting and I'm always over the top. And I was like, oh, I'm really being subtle. So now and, you're doing uh, Zach from Chorus Line. You're just on the side. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I was really pulling out some Zach. And, um, and then on set, you know, uh, we go to camera rehearse it. And he's showing me that I'm gonna swoop down on her and slap her ass and yell in her face, trust it, trust it, trust it. And he's saying that with the Dutch accent, which sounds like trust it. <laughs> and I was a little too, um, a little too, uh, what do you call it, superstitious sure. from my Catholic upbringing. So I thought, oh, well, that was a sign. But I also saw that they were lighting it a certain way. I had no way I was gonna be able to say like, you know, could we try? Because when I had done that earlier in a few on a few days in the shoot, he was getting frustrated that I was like trying to change lines, you know, and stuff. But oh well. And then Glenn Plummer was watching from off camera, looking at me, just shaking his head like, "Don't do it, don't do it." Like he saw that it would be a meme even before there were memes. <laughs> he's a, he, he saw into the future. He knows. Yeah, he knows. Wait, can we get you a T-shirt that says "Thrusted"? Would you oh, wear I, it? They exist. The, I'd wear, I don't know where I'd wear it, but I'd wear it. <laughs> Good. Good. It's, it's and, nice. You know, we're, we're, we're a few months into this, you know, this whole, you know, lockdown thing. So sure. if you could get an extra large that I could shrink down to a large. Sure, sure, sure. That would be great. <laughs> I call that my Eaton dress. Because <laughs> I've got, I got me some moves now, man. Hi. We Welcome. all do. Oh, we all do. We all do. So, okay. So, Patrick, where did you grow up and how did you get into this business? Uh, I grew up in Burbank, California. <gasps> Um, my parents had been stage actors when they met in the 40s after the war. Wow. And uh, then they gave up their careers. My mom was also a ballet dancer. Um, she got back to teaching that later in life. Um, my dad worked for NASA. And, oh. um, you know, and I was just one of those arts kids. I was in choir, band, orchestra, drama. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get enough of all of it. And so uh, 
luckily because my parents had been actors, they kept me out of the business as a kid. Oh, you know, smart. Yeah. In a red haired kid during the Waltons era in Burbank, we were getting agents handing us sure. their, their cards when we go to JCPenney's, which was the big store there. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, Put a pin in JCPenney because so it's going to come back. Okay, okay. yeah. All right, don't, <laughs> don't underestimate it. Um, they actually were pretty good for drapes there for a while. Just so. <laughs> um, yeah, some good deals. So, uh, yeah, so my parents were very supportive of me going into, you know, really uncertain fields. And I, you know, I'm very thankful for that. When did you, when did you finally go into it with their blessing? Did you ever get their blessing to, to pursue it? Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, it, as an actor? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a theater major freshman year. I had applied uh, as a biology major um, pre-med and uh, I was accepted. And then I did, you know, the senior musical, second semester, 12th year, and I was bitten by the bug. And what and did you do? Oh, it's horrible. Little Abner. Oh, oh come on. Oh. I'm past my prime. And you thought over time. Every song that sets brings larger silhouettes. All right, yeah. And so, um, <laughs> great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, terrible, terrible. Oh, come on. It's a horrible musical. But, um, <laughs> oh, but Charlotte Ray was in it. It's fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, if you could see Charlotte Ray as Mammy Yokum, I think right. that's yeah. a deal. That, that seals the deal. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't, I love me yeah. some Charlotte Ray. <laughs> you our, do. Our, our Mammy Yoakum was good. J.J. Horowitz knocked it out of the park. Changed her name to Audra McDonald a few years later. Oh. And it's been doing great and for us. And the rest is history. Yeah. Uh, no, I was going to ask you what your sort of coming out process was like. Sadly uneventful. Okay. okay. Um, in the Ellen puppy episode, uh, mm -hmm. I think it's the, that episode where I talked to her about my coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, say like you know my mm -hmm. parents and then when next year when i went off to kindergarten my parents were you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Right behind me. that was a joke that i pitched to the writers oh and that was an exaggeration of my own experience um it wasn't kindergarten but um i think i was like 18 or 19 which was you know in those days on the earlier side sure. yeah and sure. i just you know and i just told my mom i go here's what's going on she's like well you're not the first in the family to you know be figuring this out and you know and they had been in theater sure and my yeah. dad was fine and um so i didn't get that that movie of the week moment where i get to yell at them and go this is who i am and if you can't accept me as i didn't get that no oh. hate in place for you nope nothing i got like <laughs> oh right pass the butter <laughs> like you know, like we didn't know you know my brothers right. who were like harley davidson bikers and stuff like that they're like e yeah. And as you were coming up, we, we talk about mentors a lot on this podcast mm -hmm. uh, and the people who sort of pass down things and, uh, you know, would say, oh, you're not a homosexual unless, I mean, other than the obvious, um, like, you need to see these movies. You need to know these references. Did you have somebody like that in your life? You know, I mean, I certainly grew up in the era of watching Paul Lind and just, you know, being so delighted and feeling like I'm related to him and I don't even know why I feel yeah. that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there weren't a, a lot of out people, sure. you know, um, prior to 1980, um, in, in, like there are now, like kids can you have a choice, a, a plethora of, um, of, of mentors or, or idols. Um, I would say that two people in my early 20s when I was, you know, trying to establish a career, kind of gave me that like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna friggin' hide myself. 
And those people would be um, Terry Sweeney, watching him on SNL. Oh, sure. love yeah, him, yeah. yeah. Because he was the first out gay person, I think, on network television, period. And, you know, um, and, and his Nancy Reagan was hilarious. And he was a ginger. And I was just like, oh, wow, it can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was encouraging. And then a cabaret performer in Los Angeles named uh, Craig Seeley, who had a character called Les Stevens. And I did his show, his like monthly show at the Backlot Cabaret, which okay. was uh, next to Studio One, the big mm-hmm. dance yeah. club in WeHo. And, um, and it was a very campy, fun show, but he just took no prisoners. And he was just like, this is, this is who I am. And, you know, it's just not even, you know, uh, if it's an issue for you, then we're done. And he was just so confident and so um, uh, unapologetic. And I, I knew a lot of other gay performers who, you know, they wanted to score that straight role. They, um, mm-hmm. they, were, they, ne- they never talked about that roommate, yeah. you know, uh, in the business. And I, um, I opted not to do that. Also, I kind of felt like, I don't think that I can. I don't think I can pull it off. You know, now as an old grizzled gray guy, you know, walking through uh, Lowe's, you know, well, unless it's Palm Springs Lowe's, um, <laughs> sure. you know, I can, uh, I can, I can pass. No, I, I don't pass, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, it sure. just, it, it never was something I was going to, were you ever encouraged by like managers or anything to stay in the closet? No. Oh, that's Not great. at all. Oh, that's good. In fact, I, I think when I landed on the scene, I was so, um, you know, so clearly very gay um, that uh, luckily the, uh, the the first agents I had were, you know, they were all over it and they were never like when we need, I was the one saying like, I'd like to just play something with a little gravitas, you know, mm-hmm. or play something just, just a little bit different than this hyper guy that is part of me. It really is still part of me, but I want, you know, as an actor, you don't want to play the same thing all the time, but sure. Um, as I tell my students now, I go, don't worry about getting typecast, just get cast, you know? Yeah. Everyone's not a chameleon. Everyone's not the repertory theater actor that's Richard III one night and Ophelia the next, yeah. you know? And then, Patrick, when did you first meet Ellen DeGeneres? Um, on the set, you know? Um, I'd seen her stand-up and loved it. And then uh, I auditioned for this guest star, this guy named Peter, who was a do-good, goody-two-shoes at um, uh, a charity phone bank. And uh, I got the job, and during rehearsals that week, um, she really took to me, and I was just really enjoying her. And it was supposed to be a one-time, just, you know. Like a guest uh, shot. Yeah. yeah. And uh, between takes on the tape night, she turns to me, and she goes, should I say on this next take, should I say monkey or raccoon or something like that, or monkey or squirrel? And she's kind of asking me for my advice as to like which I thought would be funnier. And I thought, don't mess this up. Um, and I said, well, this one. And she goes, why? <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. And I told her why. I go, well, it's just less expected. Mm-hmm. And she did it. And, of course, you know, it wouldn't matter which word she said. She got a huge response. And then afterwards, you know, they say cut. She looks back and you're like, hey. <laughs> but, yeah. So then that's how, you know, uh, Peter as a uh, recurring character started. And when did Jack when did join? Jack join? Uh, Jack Plotnick, who played your boyfriend. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> second season, they brought him on. And I think he had an episode without me first where he was Paige's assistant. They established him. 
And then he and I met in the uh, Martha Stewart episode, you know, um, where we were both at Ellen's apartment for a disastrous Thanksgiving dinner. We had like a moment of like just seeing each other and saying the same thing at the same time. I forgot what it was. And, uh, and just being kind of like, like, oh my God, there's another one of me in the world. And, um, and uh, so that was fun. And Jack was always a doll. Do you think they were laying the groundwork with you two uh, to lead to Ellen's eventual coming out? I heard some rumors to that effect after like maybe like the third season or something, mm-hmm. you know, when they started up in the ante and he and I exchanged rings and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they were going that direction initially with either me or Peter and Barrett. Um, but I think once they were thinking we're going to go this direction and, and bring Ellen's character out, they definitely did little soft, you know, tests sure. with us. So I think the exchanging of the rings was a big one. Let's talk now about the puppy episode because it is a brilliant piece of writing. Uh, Like we said before, it is, it's an hour long. Uh, It won so many awards. It won Emmys for writing. It won the Peabody, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, What was that week like? Oh, the week. Um, Try the whole year. Sure. Um, sure. It was a year, a year before that that Ellen leaned over to me between you know scenes at rehearsal on the living room set and said, "I'm going to do what you did." And I'm like, "What?" And um, she uh, and I realized then what she was saying. I was like thinking, like, "This is not what I did, madam. You know, at all." Sure. Um, this is huge. Yeah. And so she had meetings with Eisner, and occasionally when I was back on the show and stuff like that, she'd say, hey, and then with him, and here's what's going on and stuff like that. And, um, and then, you know, it led into um, a lot of, you know, R&D for that episode. That episode got so much time to be written. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember reading an early draft at Ellen's house um, that was printed Xeroxed on brown paper so that it couldn't be photocopied. Sure. Oh, wow. Wow. Also, I had to read it outside. It was <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Did Anne kick um, you out to outdoors? Just read it out there. You know what? I don't know. Was she in the paper? I guess yes. she was in the paper. Yes, because I remember, I remember vividly watching this episode and reading all the interviews about this episode and yeah. that she was on set for the taping of it. Yeah, that's right. She was definitely there. there. I don't mm-hmm. remember if she was there for Brown Script Day. <laughs> um, but... You know, I was too excited. I, I had just bought my 96 Ford Explorer XLT. Anyway, the week of it was, you know, exciting. It uh, was shot in over two weeks. I was not on the first week. Uh, Jack was. And that's when they had the bomb threat on set. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, it was a star-studded event. You had Oprah. You had Demi yeah. Moore. You had just so many fabulous people doing little cameos. Mm-hmm. So the support was great. The audiences um, were just electric. I mean, it was the hottest ticket in town, obviously. Ellen was walking on a cloud and, you know, probably also nervous. Yeah, sure. Um, But even out like in my regular life, I was at Gelson's in Silver Lake, you know, and it was a couple weeks before the puppy episode happened. And the guy grabs me by the arm and swings me around in line, you know, and I'm like, you know, what the hell's going on? He goes, is it tonight? I'm like, what? is it tonight? And I'm thinking like, oh my God, to be murdered in the checkout line. And he goes, is she coming out tonight? And I'm like, oh, oh, no, she, no, it is not tonight. <laughs> so it was crazy. It was a little bit of a carnival, um, you know, and I, 
didn't have a lot of anonymity at that time. And I was frankly a little freaked out. I was also recurring on Mad About You at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so there was, you know, I, I, I was, I was on people's TV like twice a week almost. And, um, and, you know, with my hair and stuff like that, I stuck out in a crowd. So it was my first kind of also dealing with that level of recognizability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided I didn't like it. <laughs> no, not not, not for a you. fan. Not for you. No, the, the 18-year-old me that was in Little Abner would have loved that. <laughs> but the 30-something-year-old me that was like, no, this is not uh, what I signed up for. Sure. We should say that this is called the puppy episode because... Yeah. Disney was very frustrated that Ellen had no dating life on the show. And so Michael Eisner, in his great wisdom, suggested that she substitute a man with a puppy, that Ellen gets a puppy. I don't suggest that for anyone. No. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I, I remember hearing that. I also remember her after one of her meetings with him telling me that he asked her this question, goes, well, why are we going to root for Ellen if she does this? Why are we going to root for her? And I think she was thrown by the question because I don't remember if she had a coherent answer to him. And I just remember thinking and telling her, going, I go, because you'll still get your head stuck in a fence. You'll still get yep. caught on a, you know, um, a ceiling fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll, you'll still dump over a, 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 a thing of water. What is he talking about? Right. You know? yeah. It was new territory for him as well. So, sure. you know. And for Disney, of all, of well, I know, right? And it was and, Touchstone Television, which was there, if not edgier, but less saccharine. Yeah, sure. Know, um, and what made Bette Midler a star, Touchstone. You know. Uh, but, and also, though, huge for, for television audiences, because mm-hmm. up until her, and I think like uh, a new generation, I don't think really understands, there was nobody. If you, you had maybe, what, three TV sitcoms that had gay characters that were all on the supporting mm-hmm. end of things, you had what, Billy Crystal on Soap, yeah. yeah. You had Tony Randall on Love, Sydney, which they decided at some point that he wasn't gay. He was just a bachelor, right? <laughs> and, then you, yeah. and then you had Sandra Bernhardt on Roseanne, but nothing, nothing as, as primary as this. And certainly not like the title character of the a The title show. character, yeah. Um, and Ellen, originally that sitcom was called These Friends of Mine, season one. Yes. And they dumped half the cast. Maggie Wheeler couldn't catch a break. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they dumped half the cast, renamed it Ellen. And so season two through five, the title character coming out is a wild, wild thing. Well, it was kind of like changing the rules mid-game, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. The audience yeah. that we're into it go like this is the show we like this is the person we like and now you're putting this in and so for some people that was like that's awesome i think for some people they were like i i'm not the haters but i think for some people they're kind of like yeah it's just they didn't like it as much it's cinnamon in your coffee yeah right you know and if Mm -hmm. they had if they had married her off and gotten her pregnant i think you would have a different segment of the audience would have said you're changing the rules yeah sure I'm so sorry. I thought you said if you had gotten I'm married. An asexual, Mar- asexual Lucy. <laughs> yes, an asexual Lucy would be yeah. very interesting. And, and she was pretty asexual, you know, the character. So really... the, the Ellen character was kind of like a, a throwback to older times. She didn't have that romantic interest, but everyone else was doing that. You needed that. You had that moonlighting thing, that cheers thing. That, yeah, you know, sure, sure. They hate each other. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they, but, but the rules change mid-game and some people 
Liked it. Some people didn't, obviously. It's Hello, also, I'm Captain Obvious. What? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, not at all. It's also worth pointing out that Ellen, the sitcom, was very much a farce with a lot of physical bits, oh, yeah. including yeah. in the puppy episode where she's trying to get out the door and the swing lock is stuck uh, as um, Laura yeah. Dern, Oscar winner Laura Dern, patron yeah. saint of all the gays, uh, <laughs> reaches over to let it out. And Ellen's uh, discomfort in her own body is so much a part of her physical humor. It's fascinating to watch in this episode specifically. Yeah, you're talking about the, uh, the airport scene? That too, yeah. No, oh. the scene where they're in the hotel room. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right, yeah. With, oh, yeah. with the ice and... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of truth. Yeah. And Laura Dern's performance in this is just brilliant. Chef's kiss. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, Velvet just, glove. You had a very supportive and vocal audience uh, on filming night. What was it like to sort of retain what you were doing and creating while trying to adjust for that audience? Uh, well, you know, I mean, anytime you're doing theater, which is essentially what multi-camera shows are, sure. um, you know, you have to fill those laughs with your behavior and your thought. You just wouldn't be speaking the next line you're holding for it. Mm-hmm. And that has to be real to you. You can't look like you're holding it, obviously. Um, there were some in that show that were so long. And I think I haven't seen it in a long time. But I think you can almost see that moment where we're aware mm-hmm. that we're having to hold, you know, yes. and it's and everyone's in on it. Certainly, yes. when when Ellen comes out accidentally over the microphone at the airport uh, at the end of yeah. uh, Act One, um, yeah, and she says, "I'm gay," and everything explodes in the audience, and you see her like crack a smile because she doesn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. It's still that yeah. Incredible. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as an improviser, she was yes anding the truth of the moment. And the truth of the moment wasn't just in the scene. The truth of that moment was the response. And I think, you know, I'd love to just go back for a second and talk a little bit about the events leading up to it because it had leaked out that she was going to come out, right? It was, yeah. it was, it was out, you know, she, she appeared on the cover of Time magazine. Yeah. Yep, I'm few, gay. Yep. 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 I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, you had mentioned this before, you know, the studio was getting bomb threats. Is that right? And there were threatening phone calls and, and all that stuff. Did you ever, did you ever have any fear? Um, I had some stuff I, I saw on the, uh, on the nation, you know, internet. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, nothing ever directly hostile really to me. But I remember being nervous even seasons before when Jack and I did the ring episode. Because, you know, there just hadn't been. I don't know if the Roseanne kiss had happened yet. Um, but just two guys exchanging rings yeah. in the early 90s on a well-watched and well-loved sitcom. You know. Sure. The other I mean, you, I mean, b- before she came out and before it was even acknowledged on her show, I mean, you and Jack also were really, really introducing audiences to this this is what a same-sex relationship a healthy same-sex relationship mm-hmm. can look like the ring episode was really the one that made me go okay so then what was it like walking down the street the next day you had ha- already had obviously like you said some notoriety because you were doing about two different sitcoms a week you were in people's living rooms so often but did you notice a change after the episode uh oh yeah yeah 
um, you know, I get, you know, more people come up to me going like, you know, tell Ellen, you know, we're so proud of her and thank you so much for this, you know, lots of that kind of stuff. And lots of it from um, people that were a generation ahead of me, people that are, you know, now would be my age, you know, late 50s, 60s, um, that this was huge for. Mm -hmm. This was, they did not think they were going to live to see this in their lifetime. Sure. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, you know, and, and, and it was pretty much positive. I will say once I was down here in the desert and I was at um, Kmart. Yes, I was at Kmart. Good for you. And uh, a girl stops in the aisle and she goes, are you on TV? And I went, yeah. And uh, she goes, oh, right, you were in this and this and this. She goes, aren't you worried that people are going to think you're gay? I said, well, I am. And she looked at me just astonished. And I thought like, what rock have you been under? Really? You know? Um, but I was like, so I, I don't worry about that. I just want to, you know, live honestly. And she's like, ah, okay. Um, and then, you know, God knows what she did. But um, so, you know, there were still stunning pockets of um, kind of reactionary conservative, yeah. you know, weirdness. Yeah. Sure. Can we go back to JCPenney? Oh, yeah, yeah, second? yeah. And Chrysler. Oh, and please. Wendy's. Right, right. And Wendy. See, I said, put a pin in JCPenney. Sorry, I wanted to make sure yeah. you got reminded. Yeah, yeah. Because they pulled their advertising from, yep. from that episode. And uh, Wendy's from the series. So I used to pull into drive throughs and order a big lesbian Frosty every time <laughs> because I was so angry. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> I was an activist in my youth. Yeah. <laughs> With a side so, of fries. Yeah. All right, so then, Patrick, I have an, a question for you. So after the, the episode comes out, it gets great reviews. It wins the Emmy. It wins the Peabody, right? Um, and it sounds like, that, based on what I'd heard, maybe you can correct this for me, that there were some executives at Disney that were like, when they saw the first drafts of the script of the puppy episode, said, no, you have to go further. Like, if she's going to come out, she has to come out. Um, it seems, though, like, when, is, is that a mistake? Is that? No, it's just the first I've heard of that. Yeah, that's that's what I was interested in clarifying because it's it seems like it's at some point that Disney is like rewriting, or that that entertainment company is rewriting like their advocacy of it. What I find then so interesting is, is after all this big success, come season five, then each episode starts off with a, a parental warning. What happened? How did it go from this this amazing experience to all right? Make sure your kids aren't watching. I have no idea. All I can think is that it was letter writing campaigns and stuff like that um, that made Touchstone TV, Disney, you know, feel they had, to, or ABC feel they have to take that measure to avoid boycotts or something. I don't know. Was there a sense really among? No, was there a sense amongst all of you though, like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why? Why oh, are totally. we? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Love, I love that it's pre-Facebook, so it's letter writing campaigns. <laughs> Yeah, people. Well, there, was, there, there was email. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but, but I don't think the people complaining probably were doing too much email. I um, mean, there were also people in the in the community who were calling it too gay, like uh, Chaz Bono. Oh, for, yeah, season five. Yeah, it got it got preachy. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, it. Um, we we missed the 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 fun and the foibles of sure. the character because we were so busy exploring her journey. Mm -hmm. But the original Ellen didn't have a journey except for each week in like which, you know, what she can get her head stuck in this week. <laughs> and that all so, just sort of went away. 
-hmm. again, changing the rules and then really throwing the baby out with the bathwater, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know who had whose ear and, and what that was, but it was, it was um, making me nervous. And also my episodes that year, I could only do, that was the year that they were gonna bring me on as a regular, but I had another series on UPN. Anyway, for <laughs> hot minute. Um, yeah, and and I remember UPN. Yeah, up in ya. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, so, but so every time I did come on, it was like some heavy-handed thing where you know I could almost predict my lines were like, "Ellen, you can be any kind of gay person you want," you know. So every Ellen, episode became a very special episode. I became a missionary. <laughs> do you, you know? think? Do you think if if the show had stuck to the rules that it had created, which is here's this wacky person? who gets into these wacky situations. She just happens to be gay and maybe she's got a wacky girlfriend every other week. I would say that would stand a better chance than what happened. Yeah. You know, because at least it would, it would be funny in that Ellen funny way that, you know, she brings on her talk show all the time and, and she can switch gears to like heartfelt and, and like, you know, tragic stories with happy endings or whatever um, on her talk show and really, and, and, and really ride that brilliantly. Um, but, uh, but for the, for the sitcom, nah, it, America had fallen in love with a silly young woman who didn't make the best decisions and paid for it. Yeah. And, and who rambled. They had to, and what? Who rambled. Like, that's oh part of the Oh, my God, the ramble. Yeah. Oh, not the, the rambles ramble. in Central Park. No, not the... <laughs> she would see talk ramble. Yeah. Through everything. The rambles everything. were hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, 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 the Ellen's rambles, once again, not the Central Park rambles. Correct. No, those, are, those rambles are not hilarious. No. no. Seen some funny things in there, but not hilarious. Oh, good for you. Yeah. You know, uh, one of, okay. <laughs> I was going to ask show. one. <laughs> different show. One of the things that we always ask is, you know, is the, the thing that was created, does it still hold up in 2020? And I, I don't know how you guys feel, but let me, let me ask you, do you still think that these two episodes hold up today? Does it still have the, you know, a contemporary sense of humor? Do we still think it works in 2020? Every joke lands. Um, Oprah is hilarious in this episode. Yeah. Um, just with dry humor. Mm -hmm. She's so funny. Also, the number of guest stars in this thing, including Gina Gershon. Her, Katie Lang, Melissa Etheridge. Yeah. Melissa it's Etheridge stamping at the end yeah. and getting to the bop, like the back of the clipboard and stamping that even is so funny to me. It's, it's insane. It's genius. So then, we're, Patrick, we always ask our, our guests and I'm, we're so excited because you were such a part of it, but like, why, why should a new generation that maybe only knows Ellen as the woman in the morning talk show, mm -hmm. why should they watch this? Why should this be part of our history? It, to me, it's self-evident. It's, you know, it's a first. Um, I think it's convincing them to, that they should watch it. And I, I guess, I guess that would be like, you know, first talk about how much presence there is on TV now of um, gay content and say, imagine if there was none, let's show you, let's show you the, you know, the groundbreaking one and you're going to laugh. Why do you think it was a woman who came out before a gay man? Honestly, um, I think it's the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it here. Mm -hmm. I think gay men have always had two things against them. One, the misogyny of if you are in any way uh, feminine, um, you're, you're, you're not being a man, you're second class, you're debasing yourself, right? 
Sure. Yeah. Even within the gay community, there's. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Right. Oh, he's the bottom. Oh, well, shut yeah. up. Sure. And then, uh, frankly, I think there is the 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 dirty association. I'm just going to go there of, of anal sex that I think mm-hmm. has made um, has made it a weirder, harder thing for gay men to uh, to to gain acceptance with some straight people. Mm-hmm. By the way, anal sex was a preferred um, method of contraception in the Middle Ages amongst straight people, but I won't go there. Oh. Um, and um, oh, I didn't, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Rob, sure. Rob Schneider just got a teachable moment. Sure, you, were, <laughs> you were still a virgin afterwards. Um, but you know, it's it's that, and then also there's a lot of straight guys that have fantasies about lesbians in their own way. You know, mm-hmm. so I just think it's I think it's a masculinist society that if one of the two gay men or lesbians are going to be able to kind of break through in that way. Sure. In terms of, of palatable acceptance, it's going to be the lesbians. In terms of power and being able to move up in the world and all that stuff, that's clearly still guys. You know, that's still, you know, a very anti-woman world out there. So I, I, I really think it has to do with our chauvinism. Interesting. It is interesting, too, that the following year is when Will and Grace would premiere in 1998, which would be yeah. a, the first yeah. lead sitcom with a, a gay man. Yeah. I'm also curious, do you think, I mean, this is all, you know, hypothesis, but do you think if Ellen was heterosexual and she was playing a gay character, do you think there would be any difference there? Do you think people would go, oh, she's just, she's just playing one on TV. It's not a big deal. Yeah then I think they would have questioned why, why are they making that choice? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, when you had that sitcom brothers, you know, you had Paul Regina on there playing a gay character and he wasn't mm-hmm. gay. Right. Um, Will McKenzie or, or I'm forgetting the names of the, the guys that were on that, but um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's more acceptable. Remember, she was called Ellen the degenerate and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jerry. That was, Fowell, about, yeah. that was about her. Yeah. That was her personal life. They were going. Mm-hmm. They were attacking her for it. They were attacking her for being gay and then going, oh, you have the audacity to now play a, a lead gay character on television in prime time? Yeah. You know, double whammy. So How if she'd been straight, you know, it, it would have been more like, why are you doing this? Did that, did all of that outside, outside noise, did that permeate the set any? Did that, I mean... Oh, you know, I think, I mean, everyone was aware of it. Yeah, and I maybe there were passing like remarks like, "Did you see this? Or did you hear that?" Yeah, whatever. But you know, the set was so creative and so joyous, and we had such great directors, and um, it was really just magical on that soundstage. So I don't recall there ever being a heaviness, great. you know, until you left it. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, this, I, Patrick, this has been. Absolutely fantastic. And if it's okay with you, we're going to do a little trivia contest with you. You do love trivia. I do. I do. All right, Patrick, you ready for this? It's it's questions. I'm probably not ready. (laughs) Then you just, you're going to yes end and you're going to make up some funny answers and we'll be okay. All right. You'd think, you'd think, you'd think. Okay. So here we go. All right. So in, in your episodes, which movie do Ellen and Susan bond over? Which movie oh. do Ellen mm. and Susan Bond? Sling Blade, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was? Patrick. Okay. Yep. Patrick, you're doing great. One for one. All right, Robbie, go, go ahead. Ask the next uh, one. <laughs> what event makes Richard go back to Pittsburgh? 
Why does Who, he have to fly back? Richard is the. I got the, the Who's Richard? Oh, <laughs> so that's the guy that uh, Ellen, uh, Ellen's college friend, who tries to come on to her. Oh Who's, yeah, um, the, I don't. I, he had a sales meeting. Um, uh, he mm-hmm. he forgot his contact lens solution. Um, These are all much more interesting than the answer. I think. Yeah. Let's go back and. He, had sudden panic alopecia? I don't know what. <laughs> sudden panic alopecia is the name of this episode. Uh, <laughs> and the name of my ska band. Go ahead, Robbie. Yeah. Take it away. How dare you take, <laughs> take my it. joke? How dare did you? I, did I steal? I'm sorry. I say Uh-oh. that all the time in college. Uh, I didn't go to college. Uh, the, he, uh, a panda was born, presumably at a zoo. Yes. Mm-hmm. All that, right. that was a... That was the reason? Yeah. Yeah, he has he's to go a back newscaster, and... so he's got to go report on this baby yeah. panda. New, cho- new choice. All right. <laughs> Patrick's not having it. All right, Patrick, here you go. In the episode, who plays the sample lady? The lady in the grocery store who gives Ellen a sample? Demi Moore. You're so good. Yeah. You're so good. Yes. Yeah. All right. Still, you were doing so good. Robbie, take I, it away. I, I didn't research this. I know I had it at the question earlier, but I figured some things out. I remembered some things. But if I'd researched, I wouldn't have known the other one. Robert. Who the fuck is Robert? Okay. Anyway, go who ahead. <laughs> Richard. His name is Richard. Richard. Uh, <laughs> okay. This is a fill in the blank that Ellen uh, says when making love to Richard slash Robert. Uh-huh. Blank, blank, blank. Why do I love blank? Dick, dick, dick. Why do I love dick? <laughs> I don't think ABC would be cool with dick, dick, dick. But that's what uh, I think would have been a good line. It's a good but, one. <laughs> men, oh, men, men, men. Why do I love men? And uh, uh, see, that's, that's more audience friendly than mine. You said that? <laughs> I, like, I like the dick one. I think that's fine. Dick, All right. Dick. Yeah. And last one, Patrick. Here we go. How long have Susan and her partner been in a relationship? Laura Dern and her partner on the show. How long? Have Who's they been? her partner? Was her partner? We never even saw her. We never even saw she, her. She's referred to. She is referred to. Yeah. That had nothing to do with me. The lines I had to learn. <laughs> so I don't. I didn't pay attention. I no. I honestly, I don't. I, I'm sure if you, if this was a pop quiz, the day after the episode aired, mm-hmm. I, I would have gotten a hundred percent. But you're you're dealing with the hollowed out shell. <laughs> Of what was once a revered '90s guest star, <laughs> red hair, quick delivery, sometimes surprising ad libs. He's not here anymore. He's desiccated out in the California desert. Just a little husk, like the skin of a reptile that has been left where it once stood. I'm so grateful for today. Took a turn. Took a turn. <laughs> and eight years. Sorry. And eight oh. years, by the way. <laughs> eight years. Yeah, Presumably with a U-Haul, because yeah. that's what lesbians Because that's the lesbian joke. Day. Yes. Yep. Yes. That, well, that wasn't in this episode. It's the only it? lesbian joke that's not in this episode. No. It's weird. Hmm. A trope. <laughs> Although she did she does say to your Ellen says to you, uh, Susan, that's the name of the girl I'm in love with. You just met her. You just shared some ice. That was it. So, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's 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 a, it's a subtle one. It's a subtle one. Subtle. Not a big right. one. She didn't right. say U-Haul. Oh well. Right. Well, we'll fix it. Placement. We'll fix yeah. it when we when we dub in the the alopecia thing. We'll 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 add that in too. So don't worry. We got it. I can't wait for the letters. You know, <laughs> this is a serious condition. How can you make a joke of it, Mr. Bristow? Right. You're gonna you're Never gonna get some you tweets. Anyway. You're Mr. horrible. <laughs> 
Didn't like you on Hannah Montana. I wasn't on Hannah Montana. Shut up. <laughs> Thrust it. <laughs> Thrust it. <laughs> and that, that, is, that is today's theme, thrust it. Patrick, yeah. it has been such an absolute pleasure getting to talk to you. And you, you, are so, you are so wonderful. And I'm sure Robbie will add on to this, but I just want to say, you know, for us growing up, we had no we didn't have any representation. We never saw ourselves on television. And then anytime you would pop up on a sitcom, regardless of what the sitcom was, we would always breathe a little sigh of relief because we said, ah, there is someone like us out there. Tell so for you. that, yeah. thank you. Oh my God, that really touches me. I'm a little worried about you as children, but- um... <laughs> I'm not calling you a homosexual pioneer. But I'm no, don't. thinking it. Um, Although I'm beginning to look like a pioneer. Your listeners your, can't see that. With your gay covered here. wagon. He has a fabulous <laughs> covered wagon. Desiccated body lying in the desert next to a cow skull and a wagon wheel. <laughs> and an old... Gay, that's what's left of a, of a non-gay pioneer. Well, I mean, he was gay, but he was a non-pioneer. That's just a, a Georgia O'Keeffe painting. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be beautiful? Gonna say a little bottle of poppers with dust coming right, out of yeah. it. Just to show. <laughs> okay, now that's okay. good for your time. No, no, <laughs> this has been so much fun. All right, and so good now, class, guys, thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Oh, thank and you. before we go, Robbie, what is everyone's homework for our next episode? Oh, I'm gonna record this twice because we're not sure. Oh, so great. here it is. <laughs> Tune in in two weeks. Wait a minute, topic... wait a minute. What doesn't Patrick pick? Patrick, we're going to give you two Patrick. options of what we're going to talk about for next week, and you tell us which one we should do. How's that? Oh, okay. Um, all right. <laughs> you don't even have to know him. You just have to nope. give us an... All right, Robbie. But you know what? I won't know it. <laughs> this right, this is going to be fun for all of us. <laughs> Lay it out, um, Patrick. Also, Patrick, yeah. we have to do a Showgirls episode, so we need you to come back and talk about that sometime. I am down for that. Brilliant. You are amazing. All right. So here's our, our topics for next week. Uh, in two okay. weeks. It's either the film, But I'm a Cheerleader. Ah, yeah. See, you do know. Yes. Or, oh, yeah, Natasha Leon, yeah. Uh, and RuPaul. Male RuPaul. Yeah. RuPaul Charles. Uh, RuPaul Charles. And Kathy Moriarty. Oh, friend yeah. of the pod. Yeah. Or yeah. the uh, Showtime series, The L Word. I have to go with But I'm a Cheerleader. Done. Okay. Thrilled. It's 25 it's this hilarious. year. So, I love yeah. Natasha so, Leone. Yeah. And yeah. Great. It's But I'm a Cheer So come back here in two weeks for But I'm a Cheerleader. And until then, uh, I'm Robbie Roselle. I'm Rob Schneider. This was Patrick and Bristow. And we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. This was Gay uh, Card Revolt. <laughs> 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 Goodbye. We, we love an ending. <laughs> we do love an ending. Oh, he's going to sing. Oh, oh no, that was okay. great. That was it. That was it. Uh, oh, I was hoping we were going to get some uh, little...